This is Viterbi Voices. Coming to you from the University of Southern California, Viterbi School of Engineering. We're here to give you the inside scoop on research, classes, student life, and so much more. All of these shared by students, faculty, alumni, and other members of the USC community. Welcome back, everybody, to Viterbi Voices. As usual, I am one of your hosts. My name is Paul Ledesma, Executive Director of Undergraduate Admission here at the USC Viterbi School of Engineering. Hi, guys, and I'm your other host, Maya Neuinchwander, a current junior studying industrial and systems engineering at Viterbi. Maya, how are you holding up now? It's uh, We're in this really long heat wave, for those of you that don't know. Uh, it's well, probably everywhere in the country, but specifically in Southern California, this is something we're not used to. No, I'm 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 holding up. I've made it made it to the beach. I braved a hike this last weekend. That was fun. That was also oh, wow. very very warm. I didn't get sunburned, so that was that that was a victory. But um, yeah, it's it's pretty hot here. It's hot. It's hot. It actually gets brought up in this actual episode because we recorded it. In this episode, we talk about the lack of air conditioning in in the place where both Scott and I live. Um, and yeah, like right now. All this week, it's been like hotter in my house than outside, which is really hard. Um, and yeah, right now, <laughs> because there's this weird storm activity happening today, um, it's like there's no air whatsoever. It's just very humid and very thick outside, which I'm not used to being from Southern California. Yeah, no, I, I definitely am used to it, but I'm not used to it while I'm in school. Um, in right? Wisconsin, it gets super humid. But yeah, I was even drizzling on my way to class. I, I got excited for a second there. Like, I haven't seen rain in a while. But it's not cold, though. It's just warm stuff. Yeah, it's it's like a swamp. Yeah, I know. For everyone else outside of California, I know it sounds like we're whining. And that's fine. <laughs> I'm happy to to be considered a whiner because we are very uh spoiled with the weather that we get here and this is not our weather um at all it is very uncomfortable for me um but anyways i'll stop i'll stop whining uh but i hope you're you're doing well and, and staying hydrated out there and i, I think that uh over tomorrow we got a really hot day and then it looks like we're gonna have a little bit of a back to normal after that at least is what i hope mm-hmm. but that's not what this episode's about but that's a, that's where this episode finds us this episode is another third in a row alumni episode of um, one of our uh, really successful alumni. His name is Scott Macklin. Scott is a really, really fascinating guy. Really, really super cool. Uh, he 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 apologizes up front because I guess he he did this interview a little sleep deprived. So he he self described himself as rambling. I think it's still very interesting. Um, but he has graduated with a degree in aerospace engineering and works specifically. In all the stuff that you all want to do when it comes to rocketry and astronautical engineering and aerospace engineering, he has worked at SpaceX. He's worked at Virgin Galactic. He was one of the first employees to to create the spinoff of Virgin Galactic to Virgin Orbit. And he just left Virgin Orbit to start a whole new venture, which he actually told me about on an email after our recording, uh, but he's going into space habitats uh, after this. So he just, he just signed that new deal. So I'm pretty excited about that. So let's, let's just get out of the way, catch up with us on the back end of this episode so we can talk about this and also some things related to the admission cycle that are happening this week and next week that you all may want to learn a little bit more about, but let's get out of the way and hand it straight over to Scott Macklin uh, to talk all about space. Hello, hello. Hey, Scott. How are you? Good. How are you, man? 
I'm it's doing really good. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. How many how many years has it been? Uh, when's the last time I ran into you at a tailgate? I I don't yeah I don't even remember at this point. It must have been in the before time before the pandemic. Oh, it was it was way before that. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean I think we're going on at least five six years or so like that. <laughs> Sorry to believe. Well, this is this is Maya. Maya is one of our current uh, BSA. Hey, Maya. Thanks for doing this, man. Yeah, you bet. Uh, you know, it's a pleasure to be like your, uh, you know, 264th choice. <laughs> Technically, I think you're 267, uh, but we have uh, Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, I was hoping to move up just a couple in the rankings there, but uh, 267 isn't bad. They're, they're, you know, they're not all alumni conversations. So actually, you're probably more like 15, I'm going to say. Okay. Okay. And, 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 unless you want me to count the people that said no, then you're more like 25. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> Scott, wh- where where did we find you today? I'm in Hermosa today. Um, oh, you know, we could have done this in person. I'm down the street from you. Where are you right now? I'm in Redondo. I'm uh, Aviation in Manhattan Beach Boulevard. Yeah, I can be over in ten. <laughs> it's it's really hot in this house right now. Yeah, it is here too. I don't know if you see the fan in the background, but um, I'm glad to be like on the tail end of this heat wave. I hope so. Uh, yeah, we uh, Maya, just so you know, uh, everything built in where we live right now was never built with air conditioning because why would you need it uh, at the beach? And so this heat wave, although it's had, it's hurting everybody, it is so rough right now. <laughs> like my house is hotter than it is outside. Yeah, yeah, oh, it really no. it. I uh, I recognize that uh, you know it's a pretty good problem to have to only be complaining about this you know a week a year, but yeah. this is definitely that week a year where uh, I should have done this from a coffee shop. <laughs> no, it's better. It's better. It better sound wise where you are though. So you're in Hamosa, and um, I usually do chronologically, but uh, I'm I'm actually curious in the here and now. Uh, Tell me, tell me what's going on in your life professionally right now. Cause you're, you're kind of in the midst of a transition. You just completed a transition. What, what's, what's happening with you right now? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm fun employed right now. Um, so I, uh, yeah, this is actually a pretty funny time for me and there's probably a lot that, um, kind of swirls together into this, but right now, um, I'm unemployed. I'm about to be starting up, um, in a new role probably in the next uh, couple of weeks. Um, I've been on a bit of a sabbatical this summer, um, kind of, uh, well, first taking some, some, you know, time between projects to have some fun and, and travel and, and spend some quality time with my wife. Um, but, uh, yeah, I left Virgin Orbit in June of this year. Um, and I'm just wrapping up some conversations with a few different companies, um, in, in a few areas of interest of mine. Um, but, uh, just drawing to a close to that right now and, and, and we'll be entering in probably by, uh, you know, before end of September. All right, man. All right. Well, congratulations on the big transition. Uh, and this is news to me. Your your wife. When did you get married? Uh, <laughs> That's how long we we haven't. Yeah, seen it actually. Okay, so it has been a bit. Um. So, uh. Yeah. Uh. We just Natasha and I just celebrated our um one year anniversary. Congratulations. Uh, thank you very much. We very cool. uh, we met. Um. I guess that would be uh, five or six years ago. Um. And it's actually uh, very easy for me to remember this. Fortunately for me. Because we met on Christmas Day uh, on Kilimanjaro. Um, so that will wow. always be easy for me to remember. <laughs> Christmas Day on Kilimanjaro. So neither of you planned, you weren't, you didn't go there together. 
you no no Kilimanjaro wasn't where I was headed to, to find love but uh, <laughs> that's where most people do <laughs> yeah right yeah uh so my buddy and I um you know uh you know had wanted to climb Kilimanjaro um and so we did it over a Christmas holiday and um Natasha was in a different climbing group um but uh it turned out you know she's climbing the same route the same days uh, with her group and so we just started you know bumping into each other on the trail and and you know chit-chatted a bit here and there um and the, uh she's from Sydney uh Australia um and really? had flown up for that um and we just kept in touch um you know had a great connection uh kept in touch afterward and and you know somehow uh made the long distance thing work and she moved out um to LA a couple years ago and and we just got married in August of last year Holy that's incredible cow. that is Thank a you. cool story so you you went to Tanzania mm-hmm. to meet your future Australian wife and then they, she flew out and moved in with you out here yep Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just Pretty, as one does. As one does. As one does. <laughs> and then uh, we were trying to, you know, we were going through all of the the usual challenges of how do we make the wedding planning work, and um, yeah. how will we get you know both families there? And that's you know slightly complicated by the fact that you know two sides are on two different continents. But uh, then COVID hit, <clears throat> and so like everyone, you know, you had to kind of you know call an audible and and figure out you know how you're going to do this. And and the wonderful thing is. Um, you know, silver lining, you, you know, uh, the pandemic and, and all its interruptions to wedding planning, you know, kind of gave everyone a kind of a liberty to, you know, make it, make it your own, you know. Yeah. Um, and and so we decided, um, you know, and, and we still today, you know, envision doing some larger celebration with with all of our family and friends there. But, you know, we we waited for a while because we wanted our families there and, and the pandemic drawed, you know, drew on. And, um, you know, we eventually decided, well, you know, let's make it our own. And we decided to elope, um, to Alaska. Um, and so we, <laughs> that's uh, the next natural place, <laughs> you know, um, clearly, uh, you know, as one does. Um, and, uh, so we, we got married with, with, um, with micro spikes on our, our boots on a glacier in, in Alaska and our, uh, um, yeah, it you're great. just setting yeah. you're setting high expectations for like everything you do in the future. Like, uh, uh, I'm absolutely screwed. Yeah, there's no, nothing you can do. Screwed. Yeah, no, no. I um, early on when we were dating, um, you know, I I really wanted to show her that I was committed to to trying to you know find a way to make this work. And uh, you know, I I worked through her best friend in Sydney and and uh, actually surprised her in Sydney. You know, and, and did a surprise trip there, um, which was great. And then I walked out of that going, "Uh oh, <laughs> like I, uh, I, I, uh, it's only downhill from here." And trying to surprise and and do nice gifts and gestures for for my now wife. Remember when you used to fly around the world just to say hi to me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Go get the paper towels from the store. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Start with low expectations. Start with low expectations. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 you're giving Maya all sorts of ideas here about expectations, right? This is this is exactly how you how and also goes, your future partner should be working. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm like thinking, I'm like, what mountains can I climb? Like, what, <laughs> where, where where do I need to go? Thanks. Scott has uh, outdoorsiness uh, has always kind of been in your in your background, right? You've always been somewhat of a, a athletic, outdoorsy person. 
Uh, well, I enjoy it. You know, I yeah. haven't done the craziest things in the world, but, um, you know, the, yeah, I, I always feel pretty well grounded. Uh, it's, it's great time for me to reflect, you know, if I get to, you know, spend a couple of days in a forest or, or climbing somewhere. So, um, yeah, that, that love had, had led to, you know, my desire to climb, you know, Kilimanjaro and, and that's part of what, you know, really attracted me to Natasha when I met her, you know, she was wonderful and funny, yeah. uh, you know, beautiful, brilliant, but, you know, I was really just impressed by, you know, you know, she also had this desire to, you know, get out there and, and climb mountains and, and spend some time outdoors. And so, um, you know, whenever we can, it's, it's nice, especially, you know, juxtaposed to LA, which I love, love being in right. LA, but, right. um, that's about as opposite as you can get. Yeah, totally. What now tell me what's involved in scaling Mount Kilimanjaro. It's multiple days. I mean, you, obviously yeah. it's in Tanzania, so you're going out to Africa. I mean, this, this is, this is not something you just sign up for. Hey y'all, sorry for the interruption, but I wanted to let you know that we have a number of campus visit programs available to you right now. If you want to check out what campus is like, if you want to learn more about the Viterbi School of Engineering, go to viterbi.link slash visit. That's V-I-T-E-R-B-I dot link slash visit, where you can learn about our Viterbi visit experiences that happen on most Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. We have some virtual events that happen on occasional weekdays and occasional Saturdays. Plus, we have some transfer virtual admission sessions where you can learn all about how to get those courses ready for transferring. We want to meet you. We will have lots of opportunities opportunities to do it and it's happening all summer long but get your registration in now at viterbi.link slash visit hope to see you soon well uh yeah um is there training <laughs> involved it, well so you know it's funny because it's it's kind of this good um kind of gateway uh mountain uh in that <clears throat> it's not particularly technical you aren't doing a lot of technical climbing with, you know, harnesses and, and gear, mm -hmm. um, but it is high altitude, you know, so there's mm -hmm. some acclimatization, you know, to be done and, and, you know, it is long days of, of hiking, but it's certainly not Everest. Um, and there, there are more challenging, you know, technical, you know, grueling climbs, but, um, you know, a typical route on the mountain will be, you know, five, you know, minimum of five, maximum of, of eight or nine days, you know, typically six or seven or eight days. We did an eight day route, um, you know, in particular because it took us through a, a pretty, you know, beautiful scenic uh, route on, on the mountain. Um, but uh, the, the, the government of Tanzania does require you to go through um, certified um uh, porter companies, um, mm, yeah. you know, as part of their kind of, uh, environmental, you know, restriction on, on footprint on the, the mountain. And that's actually a great thing because it, you know, provides a lot of, uh, you know, great work, um, in the country. Um, but I spent a lot of time researching, not just, you know, the mountain and the route, but, you know, I wanted to make sure that I was, you know, supporting a company that takes, you know, genuine good care of the local porters that they're, you know, using local porters and they're treating them well and providing them right. good gear and everything. Right. Um, that's where I want to be, you know, supporting and, and providing, you know, yeah. money to. Um, but so, you know, I found a, uh, you know, found a, a, a local company that provides the, the, you know, the passes and, um, yeah, eight days. So it was from Christmas Eve to New Year's Eve. Wow. I got off the mountain. 
That's crazy. That's crazy. That's a great way to to round up the year. Yeah, that's awesome. Very cool. So let's uh, now let's go back in time. Uh, let, can can you remember high school, Scott? Can you remember high school, Scott? Set, set the stage because faint and foggy you're, you're... dream. <laughs> say say that again. What? A faint and foggy dream. A faint and foggy dream. Uh, so here, here's my um, memory. I, I want to put this memory in your head, and and this okay. is it's more in my head than it is of yours. Cause it was probably one moment of your life, but it was many moments of mine in that uh, you were chosen to be in a video, a recruiting video for USC. I don't know if you remember this and you were <laughs> like, there's like, there's like student interviews, like showing LA and all this other stuff. And then it's like, uh, it's like, why did you choose why USC? And, and it's this interview, like total, like CNN style. And it's, it's cut between some things. And then there's Scott Macklin. And he goes, I distinctly remember the day, that I chose to come to USC. I was scraping the ice off of my <laughs> windows and I decided I never want to do this. It was something that I never wanted to do this again, but you were in this video and it got a huge laugh every time because we used to play it when we did recruiting events uh, uh-huh. all over the place. And so I saw Scott Macklin say these words probably 300 times. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, <laughs> it was great. It delivered. It delivered. It was fantastic. <laughs> So walk us back to that snowy, snowy uh, <laughs> environment. <laughs> that fateful uh, snowy day. Right, this no, is Nebraska, I, right? Nebraska? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I grew up in, in Fremont, Nebraska. Um, lived there, you know, right up until I, I you know, moved out to LA for USC. And I've always, you know, been passionate about, you know, space flight and, you know, admired, you know, astronauts as a kid. Um, and, and really, I think it was a... a you know, uh, you know, a desire for exploration, you know, even as the kid, you know, I love, you know, climbing mountains. Now I love, you know, doing, you know, treks and, and getting outdoors and, and trying to find a place that, you know, it seems like, you know, not too many people have been to, uh, you know, and, and same thing as a, as a kid and, and what's more, um, wow, you're going to, what's more exploration-y than, um, uh, than space flight, right. You know, yeah. so I was, I was very excited about it as, as a kid. And I remember, um, I actually remember, uh, you know, as a, like a grade schooler, you know, debating whether I wanted to uh, go explore the the Titanic wreck um, or be an astronaut, you know, like, well, that's obviously the, the tough choice. Uh, and uh, I was in this little like third grade uh, crisis. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I just remember thinking at the time, well, uh, you know, people have already, you know, found uh, the wreck of the Titanic, but no one's been to Mars. So, you know, well, obviously that's what we should be working on. You know, obviously that's what I want to do. And it's so funny because it was such a, you know, like, come on, you know, uh, career crisis in third grade. Right. But, <laughs> but, you know, and, but it's, it's such a simple uh, statement, but it actually had, you know, a surprisingly profound impact on, on my life because it was this mentality of, well, we haven't yet done that. So, you know, let's, let's get people on it. Let's get people yeah. working on that. And, um, and, and, you know, so of course, you know, since third grade, my, my, you know, direct interests and contributions and everything, you know, has obviously changed and shaped and molded as, as I've grown um, and the experiences that I've had. Um, but that really stuck with me. You know, I, I want to be finding ways to be, you know, moving us forward in our capabilities in space. And that can mean a whole lot of different things. Um, and that kind of comes back to, um, you know, the career transition that you were, you know, mentioning before. Um, but, uh, you know, as I 
uh, you know, went through high school, you know, I always loved, um, you know, science and math, you know, I wanted to be an astronaut always and still do, you know, always will want to be, <laughs> um, you know, who wouldn't want to float around in space for a bit. But, uh, um, you know, as I went through high school and, and learned physics and chemistry and, and you know, math and, and uh, you know, at the time, I thought I wanted to, you know, work in astrophysics, um, you know, maybe be an astronomer. That's just kind of what I knew, um, you know, from from my hometown. And, you know, then I got into USC um, originally in the, uh, you know, physics college um, and then got a pamphlet uh, in the summer before starting for Viterbi showing the different majors um, and, and the courses offered. I remember leafing through that and going, well, why the hell didn't I think about this before? I think I want to be an engineer. This sounds really exciting. Um, and it's the first time it really dawned on me. And so I, um, I probably, you know, pleaded with you at the time, actually, to, to <laughs> let me into Viterbi, you know, and, and make a switch before I started. But uh, I got into... We make mistakes from now and then. We make mistakes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You'd never make that one again. Um, and uh, so, you know, started in, in um, astronautical engineering, ultimately swapped to aerospace, but there's not a whole lot of differences, as, as yeah. you know, in, in the majors at USC. But at any rate, that started to hone me in toward, you know, engineering, you know, as a, as a practical, uh, you know, method to, to working in the space industry and, you know, throughout the years at, at USC and, and involvement in the USC rocket lab and different internships that I did, um, you know, that eventually kind of honed in, uh, toward a, a passion for kind of the integration of, of launch systems and propulsion. Mm. Um, and kind of fell into propulsion because uh, one of my early uh, internships was with SpaceX um, as a propulsion engineer and absolutely loved it. Um, uh, loved it for a few reasons. You know, it's always fun to, to make fire uh, and, and, you know, being involved in the development of an engine is, is just really exciting to be sure. But, you know, I really viewed, you know, something as focused as spaceflight, which of course turns out to be a very broad field you know, honed in from there into launch vehicles. Uh, you know, that's a pretty niche thing. And yet it's it's a pretty broad range of, of disciplines and, and products and technologies. And then I got into propulsion within that, you know, further kind of narrowing in on, on what I'm working on. And what I enjoyed about propulsion was, you know, it, it's really this kind of uh, microcosm, you know, example of, of uh, you know, even something as niche as, propulsion in launch vehicles demands expertise in so many different disciplines um, and so many different forms of engineering that you can't possibly, you know, hope to master as one human being. Mm -hmm. um, and figuring out the, the right ways to pull, you know, just enough uh, rigor and expertise in each of these areas and pull this thing together and get it to actually work. Um, it was, it's just kind of this nice little uh, kind of micro view of, of the, the entire space industry as a whole. And it was something that really kind of drew me in and I really enjoyed that. Um, and so I, uh, you know, one way to describe, you know, uh, what I've done for my you know, first decade of my career is, is rocket propulsion uh, and, and absolutely love it. Um, uh, you know, I... Uh, let's see. So it, at USC, I worked through our USC rocket lab at that yeah. time, you know, the lab had not yet reached space, but we, you know, it was the very early lab that I got to be involved in. 
uh, when we were starting to figure out what would it mean to you know have a rocket lab and what are we going to try to do? And yeah. we probably ruffled a few feathers at the university at the time. And uh, but you know, we wanted to figure out a way, you know, as a group of students, you know, amateurs to you know design, build, and, and launch a rocket to space. Uh, we didn't quite get there before I graduated. We had a couple uh, space launch attempts and, and you know, they failed spectacularly, uh, as often <laughs> happens. And we learned from that and, and rolled that into, you know, the next generation of, of lab after us. And, and they actually, you know, since then have reached space and it's awesome. Yeah. Um, so I got to be involved in that and and really enjoyed kind of the integration of, of systems um, in Rocket Lab. Uh, that led to a few different uh, internships. Uh, you know, I worked with the Air Force Research Laboratory uh, with some electric propulsion systems for satellites and then um, got to go to Japan and, and work on uh, a small satellite on the thermal systems for it um, and delayed my graduation senior year to, to spend half a year there. Um, and then that led to the, the SpaceX internship that I already mentioned. And so through all of that, you know, I was finding that, uh, yeah, I really love propulsion for the reasons I said, and I also just really love seeing how these things come together. And I'm talking about the whole system of, you know, the, the technologies and the products and the disciplines, but also the people with their expertise and their experiences. How do you pull all of that together you know, to make something work that is just so unforgiving to the slightest goof? Um, and, you know, so I, I was really hooked by that point and, and just loved, you know, launch vehicles. Can you can you give our listeners um, maybe maybe not maybe not all the way in, but some sort of brief understanding of? Let me put it this way: We have so many students be like, "I want to work at SpaceX," right? That's just their goal in life. And here we are: someone who has worked at SpaceX and voluntarily left SpaceX, which we'll get into in a minute here. Uh, but this idea of like, "I want to work at SpaceX," and you've talked about specifically your role in propulsion, and you've also talked and you've, you've alluded to this idea of systems. Can can you help people understand what the heck is SpaceX? And it's not just making the rocket. But even when you're talking about making the rocket, there are different people doing different things and how it's not just aerospace and astronautical engineers either. I think I'm, I'm loading a lot into this because so many other questions we get is, well, should I do aerospace or astronautical? I'm like, it doesn't matter, man. Just like pick the thing that sounds cool to you. And they're like, what do you mean? What? Because I want to go to space, so I should do this one? I'm like, I, man. So I'm loading a lot on you, Scott. Hopefully <laughs> I can see where I'm going with this. But like, how do you help, under, help someone understand what goes into what you do as part of the larger efforts of what SpaceX does? Sure. Uh, I'll do my best. The there was a lot loaded in there. Um, Sorry, but I'm going to go in. Yeah. No, it's it's good. I'm going to go in reverse order. Um, so you kind of touched on, you know, I like that you said it doesn't matter. Just start basically with aerospace yeah. or astronomical. Um, so I'm going to take those in reverse order. Uh, the, you know, I I actually completely resonate with what you just said there. Um, it is always overwhelming uh, when you have choices. Um, and choices Titanic or space. Okay. I mean, it's so overwhelming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it, it's, it, it is though, it's, it's overwhelming even when you've got a good problem ahead of you, which is the fact that you have choice. Um, yeah. if you have choice of, you know, what, what major you're going to major in or what internship you're going to take or what, you know, discipline you're going to go study, or, you know, is this the right answer or the wrong answer? It is so easy to trick yourself to fall into the trap of this is the decision for my career and I'm, I'm going down a fork in the road and, and, you know, it's a one-way street. Um, 
And yeah, so it's very easy to be lost in, in that overwhelming notion. And the reality is, <clears throat> um, you know, trust what you are enjoying right now. You know, this moment in time, this snapshot in time, what do you, you know, most enjoy? What what are you most excited about doing? What are you most excited about learning? Um, let's say that's biological engineering uh, at USC. And you're not sure if that's the, the right answer. Well, uh, it is the right answer because you're intrigued by it right now. So dive in, start learning. Only then by doing are you going to, you know, form the next round of questions and they're going to be better informed and they're going to help, you know, you ask yourself the right questions of what you go take on next or how you reshape or refine or, you know, hone in on the next thing. And and maybe that's a, a switch and a tangent, but you wouldn't have made that that switch and tangent uh, nearly so readily if, if you hadn't, you know, dove in. So um, uh, if you're interested in, if you're excited about, you know, space, you know, to put a finer point on it at USC, sure. The aerospace engineering program is great. The astronautical engineering program is great. The mechanical engineering program is great. Pick one, pick some classes that you would enjoy learning about, because then you get to start, um, building up a, an infrastructure professors that you can know who have done some research in that area or, or some work there, ask them the next round of questions. And, and, you know, that can help help you, uh, you know, just like I described, I kind of went from this very broad, you know, notion, this concept of space, and that just gradually honed in, 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 in as I went. And a lot of that was shaped and refined by, you know, the classes I got into, the books that I read in that class, the professors that I asked about, the classmates that uh, I was in those classes with, and, and we all kind of, you know, work through that. Um, what is SpaceX? SpaceX is an awesome, innovative company um, that everyone knows at this point. Um, you know, uh, they are a space flight uh, a company that's at this point uh, taken on launch vehicles and uh, spacecraft and satellites, um, you know, crewed and non-crewed, you know, launches, uh, you know, the you know, incredible sight of, of landing uh, a rocket and reusing it. Um, they've, you know, uh, that's one, you know, critical uh, tactic that they've used in, in driving toward lower cost access to space, uh, which is, you know, one of the, the most important things that, uh, you know, SpaceX has done. Um, uh, is such a broad question. You know, it's kind of funny, you know, where, where do I want to dive in on it? But uh, there's a, a few things that I would say, you know, SpaceX, for all the amazing innovative technology that they've developed, they've really done... Um, two other you know very important things um one they've they've really kind of defined and opened up a market um that that hasn't really existed before and it has paved the way for a lot of these other uh, commercial companies which you know i can talk about in a, a moment yeah. you said i voluntarily left spacex <laughs> and um and uh um two maybe most critical um they've done such an outstanding job from the very beginning of making this an exciting ride uh, that people want to join in on. Uh, they've made um, spaceflight and, and engineering and STEM, you know, very visible again, um, very cool, you know, things that people want to track and follow along and be a part of. Um, and it's it's really, uh, you know, invigorated another generation of, of uh, potential engineers and scientists. And that is awesome. So I have nothing but, uh, you know, good things to say in that regard about, uh, about the company. Um, and it's funny because, you know, as I went through undergrad, um, uh, you know, I learned about SpaceX maybe my freshman year of, of undergrad and immediately fell in love with it, right? That was immediately my dream job. Um, that 
you know, are you kidding me? A commercial company, you know, a private company that's taking on all these things that used to only be in, in kind of the eye of, of NASA. Uh-huh. You know, they were taking that on and they're being scrappy and, yeah. you know, uh, taking on these big audacious goals. How cool would that be? I wanted to be a part of it. And so I was very lucky that, you know, by the time I graduated, you know, first offer I had was to my dream job at, at SpaceX. Um, and, uh, you know, so I joined and absolutely loved it. Um, and, you know, certainly uh, <laughs> wasn't looking to leave, but I hadn't been there very long when an opportunity came up with, at the time, Virgin Galactic. Um, I say at the time, because since then the project I worked on spun out into its own company called Virgin Orbit. Um, so then it changed names. This is two different companies. It's two different companies. Yeah. I didn't know Um, that. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So I, I joined, um, Virgin Galactic in 2012. Uh, it was, um, you know, most people hear Virgin Galactic and they think about, you know, the. Uh, suborbital space tourism, you know, spaceship mm-hmm. tube is the name yeah. of it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, uh, but I joined, you know, from the beginning working on a small advanced project called Launcher One. And it, it was a, a satellite orbital launch vehicle. Um, and I was one of about 10 people, uh, you know, working on this, you know, special project at the time. And as that project grew and, and gained some traction and we developed some of the kind of enabling technologies for it and improved that there may be a, there may be a there, there, yeah. uh, you know, and as the, the team grew, uh, I think it was maybe 2016, 2017, maybe, um, where we actually did spin out into, uh, what became Virgin Orbit. Um, so, you know, today you've got Virgin Galactic doing, you know, the space tourism, uh, flights and you've got Launcher One, uh, at Virgin Orbit that's delivering, you know, uh, satellites to low earth orbit. Um, so, uh, the company name changed for me because I followed over in the Virgin Orbit, but really the project for the last decade had been this launch vehicle. And it's unique because, uh, it's a launch vehicle, um, that, is launching off of the wing of a modified Boeing 747. So wow. whereas, you know, most rockets, you know, stand on yeah. the pad and, and take off, we're, you know, attached under the, the wing of the plane, um, take off from a runway, uh, fly out to, you know, over to a specified drop point, uh, you know, about 35,000 feet. Uh, the pilots on board, you know, take it into a pull-up maneuver, you drop the rocket, and then you ignite the first stage engine uh, in free fall about five seconds after drop and and then you're off on your way. Um, what are the benefits of that versus the, the static kind of launch? Yeah. So the, the big benefits for it are, are really the, the responsiveness there's, there's a responsiveness aspect to, um, being able to take off from the runway and, and go, um, so what I mean by that, uh, you know, if you have a traditional launch pad, um, you know, uh, you may have several customers in line wanting to use that launch pad, hmm. uh, may have to wait your turn. Um, uh, there's always some refurbishment after a launch, um, of that launch tower, the launch infrastructure, you know, before you can go, if you've got a weather, uh, pattern that comes over the pad, you may be stuck waiting for a while. Hmm. Um, that will, you know, that's sufficient for a lot of different missions, obviously. Um, but uh, sometimes uh, a particular customer may want, you know, a very, uh, you know, want they may want the confidence in a, 
uh, a launch when they say they need it. Got it. Uh, and here's the opportunity to take off from a launch pad. Actually, one of our early uh, successful launches, we really put that to the test where we had a weather pattern that, that would have scrubbed a traditional ground-based launch. And we literally flew above the clouds uh, over to the drop point and, and still carried out the mission uh, wow. on the day that we had planned to. And that was incredible. That's cool. Um, the other the other major advantage to it is, um, you know, it, it allows us to really uh, kind of custom tailor uh, uh, some orbits, you know, that a customer may want. If you launch from a, a fixed point on the ground, you've got a, a finite range of orbits you can launch into from that spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but by being able to take off from a runway and you know, launch from anywhere around the world, uh, you can really design some some direct, uh, you know, uh, orbits for customers that that they otherwise wouldn't be able to get, which translates into time or money for them because they would otherwise have to launch with another uh, carrier on the ground, have some form of in-space propulsion system that you know may raise their orbit or change their orbit, you know, over the course of of days, weeks, or months uh, before they're finally in the orbit that they need to hmm. to actually you know uh, you know be making their revenue. Yeah. So um, a lot of advantages with that. Um, there were a lot of challenges with that, uh, you know, a lot of development challenges uh, that were a lot of fun to work through. Um, and I'm just so, you know, proud, you know, a decade later to say that we have done it. We have launched successfully a few times. I'm so proud of, of you know, my team, uh, everything that they've done. And so I made the hard decision um, in June of this year to actually step, step away. Yeah. Uh, when I left, I was... Um, you know, leading uh, all of the uh, propulsion, uh, the you know, as a senior director of propulsion in the company, as leading you know an amazing team of of friends um, and colleagues who have just you know we've been through so much together. It's yeah. it's hard to walk away from that. And you built um, it up, and and got to build it up from one of the first ten employees when I left. I think there are about six hundred employees in the company, um, wow. and that's just Virgin Orbit, which had you know already spun off from you know right its original parent company. Hey everyone, this is Paul. Sorry for the interruption, but I wanted to let you know about a new feature we just unlocked. It's about sending us questions or comments via text. If you go to your podcast player, check the show notes. There's a link there that says, send us a question or comment. It may be on our next episode. So go in there, send us a little quick text message. Let us know what your questions are. Let us know what your comments are. We'd love to hear from you. So we can't wait to see it. Now back to the episode. That's that's crazy, man. That's crazy. Um, and but you still, um, I, it sounds like you're in the middle of a lot of different things. So what you're able to talk about, don't want to talk about, uh, still in the space arena, though. Yes. Okay. So, uh, so you know, I can. Uh, it's it, a long windy uh, answer that all ties together. I promise. But, um, so you know, we kind of talked about what I enjoyed at, at USC and and why yeah. I fell in love with SpaceX. Um, talked about what I've done at, at Virgin Orbit, uh, which was still propulsion and launch vehicles. But um, I think to explain what I'm up to next, it's it's helpful to kind of talk about why I left my dream job at SpaceX. And and what that really came down to was, you know, uh, when I was at SpaceX, uh, had nothing but joy and love for uh, yeah. the problems I was solving, the the projects I was involved in, the team that I was with, and and the people I was learning from. You know, it's, it's without compare. Um, but when the opportunity came up to be uh, 
you know, starting basically a rocket engine program from scratch uh, with another commercial, you know, entity, uh, that was just really too enticing. And, and you know, there's kind of a, I'd say like a, a personal reason, a professional reason, and a philosophical reason. Uh, the, the personal reason was, uh, you know, loved what I was doing at SpaceX. And at the time, there were about uh, maybe uh, maybe 12 or 1400 employees. So pretty big. Yeah. But it's funny to think that I think now they're at like, Nine, ten thousand. It, it's yeah. huge. Um, at the time, they were still relatively, uh, relatively early. Yeah. Um, uh, I feel funny even saying that because they they you know already launched Falcon One and Falcon Nine uh, successfully. But at any rate, the point is um, they were working through early new you know scrappy stuff. Um, uh, but. In some ways, you know, I kind of felt like I'd I'd missed the boat. Uh, in, oh. in that, uh, if I just could have been there a few years earlier, it, it would have been really fun just to experience firsthand what it really meant to go through a startup. And got it. The good and the bad of it, you know, I'm not saying that's the only way. I'm not saying that's the only good thing out there. Um, you know, wasn't sure if I would enjoy it or not, but I I just personally wanted that experience. Um, I wanted to go through that, and so. You know, I I embraced the opportunity uh, to to kind of go experience firsthand all the good and bad associated with with a startup. Um, uh, from a professional standpoint, I um, I was learning incredible things from uh, an incredible world class team at SpaceX, no doubt about it. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, we were working on you know fourth or fifth iteration of an existing rocket engine doing. Um, upgrades on that existing engine architecture that that kind of translate into mechanical design and analysis. Mm-hmm. And that's fun, challenging. I enjoyed what I was learning. But compare that to starting a new rocket engine program from scratch, um, it was going to challenge and force me to learn a lot more about the the architecture and the systems of of propulsion. Um, you know, learn for myself and struggle through, you know, what does the architecture need to look like and probably blow up an engine and learn oh that's why <laughs> that's why you're not going to do it that way you just want to um, blow more stuff up is usually the answer what's that you just want to blow more stuff up that's, that's yeah, what I'm yeah, yeah yeah that's 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 the the subtext to all of this um and uh but um you know so from a professional standpoint the the, the learning opportunity was very unique um at that moment in time uh, at, at Virgin, I knew that there were questions that I needed to ask to develop a new rocket engine um, and rocket engine program. And I knew that there are the questions I don't even know to ask yet. And that's what was really intriguing. Um, but then the, the kind of third and most important reason what actually towed me over the 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 edge there is um, from a philosophical standpoint, um, I believed very strongly in what SpaceX had done, was doing, is doing today, um, you know, uh, you know, proving that a commercial entity could actually, you know, do big things in space, could, you know, uh, that a commercial launch company was viable. Um, they were then and now are, are, are very innovative. Um, but uh, fundamentally, you know, as long as there was only one commercial launch entity doing this, then we as an industry or we as a species are fragile. Um, and, you know, so I just fundamentally believed then and now in, in the need for, you know, three, four, five more launch vehicle companies. There, there have to be others out there. That is, you know, what drives competition. That is what drives innovation. Um, 
And so I, I wanted, you know, in some small way to, 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 you know, be able to play a role in that. And so this opportunity came up where, where I actually could. And, you know, it's pretty incredible now to you know think back on it a decade later that, yeah, it's one of the, the first 10 or so, you know, working on it. And somehow we actually, you know, came through on the other side, launching real paying customer satellites, uh, uh, you know, into orbit off the wing of a plane um, and, uh, you know, built it up into a, a real program and company with 600 people. Um, so I loved that. Uh, yeah. And um, so, you know, now today, you know, this, uh, this transition that I'm going through now, it, 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 it's actually right on that same kind of theme. Um, I, uh, there's no chance uh, that I was going to even think about, uh, you know, leaving Virgin Orbit, you know, before, uh, before we were successful, before we had, you know, successfully launched a few times um, mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, that's, that's more quantitative and, and from a more qualitative level, you know, not until I, I felt, uh, you know, that we were ready as a team, um, you know, that I felt good about the spot that I was, I was leaving the team and the company in. Um, and, you know, over the last year, you know, it was becoming more and more apparent to me that, you know, this is cool. Uh, you know, I clearly the team is competent and capable and, and doing amazing things and, and know more about it than I do at this point. And, and that's wonderful. Uh, and, you know, we've had, you know, our first uh, you know, few successful launches um, proving that a it, it can work and and with the second and third launch proving that it wasn't a fluke that there's actually a viable system here you know we're launching real customers um and so i i could now have an honest conversation with myself and at the end of the day that's that's what really matters right you know i i could have an honest conversation with myself and feel that i had met the goals that i'd set out for myself and for my team and for my product and for my company and because I felt that way, you know, then my mind started to turn to, you know, what are the next challenges that that uh, that we can work on in, in space? And so um, where I'm at now, uh, you know, what I've done over the summer is. Um, and by the way, so I, I think I gave my um, I think I gave my management at the company something like a 10 month notice. <laughs> uh, I didn't want it to year. be a surprise. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, didn't want it to be a surprise. And and I told them, you know, just like I'm telling you, like, hey, I'm there's not an issue. I'm not yeah. unhappy. Right. Um, you know, and and I'm not flipping a table over and, and leaving tomorrow in a in a fit of rage, nothing of the sort. Um, but I do feel that it's time, you know, to move on. And there are other challenges that I want to go find and take on. So let's just start that 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 process yeah. so um you know i talked about how you know there needs to be a handful of of viable launch you know commercial launch companies um and that's what drove me from my dream job at spacex to virgin orbit a decade ago fast forward a decade and it's actually pretty remarkable um to think that actually there are three yeah or five commercial launch vehicle companies. And I'm proud to say that Virgin Orbit is one of them. Um, but more importantly than that, there are several. Um, yeah. You know, more important than, you know, who developed which rocket, you know, that like there are a handful of, of, of viable companies out there. And there are three or four or five more on the way. And that's wonderful. Um, and, 
you know, the other way of saying that is at this point, there are literally tens of thousands of people in the commercial launch industry working on this problem. That's wonderful. Uh, That is a wonderful thing. Um, But I can look at that realistically and say, you know, there are so many talented, smart, brilliant men and women out there working on this that from a philosophical level, at the industry level, I can feel good about where that is. That problem is being solved or to be very facetious, say the launch problem is solved. Yeah. So I've been trying to ask myself, what are the next, you know, problems that are unlocked or can be worked on, you know, in, in space now that, you know, the first barrier to our presence, our expansion into the solar system was launch. Yeah. Uh, I think that that is pretty well uh, taken care of, or at least, you know, there's a good handle on, on that, that problem now. So that's my long rambling wordy way of saying, you know, what's, what's next. Um, uh, as I tried to define, you know, what my career is, what would make me proud looking back on my career at the end of the day, it's not quote, you know, just propulsion or quote, just launch vehicles that, you know, that's, that's defined, uh, the work that I've done for the first decade, but really the way that I look at it is, um, you know, I want to look for uh, what are the real barriers or the real inhibits to our expansion into the the solar system. You know, the the inhibits to exploration. Yeah. Um, and step one for that was you know viable commercial low cost launch. Um, that I think unlocks now. the The reason it's so exciting now is that thing had to happen in series, right? Yeah. Um, launch had to be solved. That's step one. But now that that's solved, you can have, you know, three or four or five different uh, interesting avenues that are, are are maybe wacky, crazy, wild, but but viable um, that people can take on now. So um, I'm pretty interested in um, the, the next round of, of inhibits to, to what we can do to truly live, work, explore, stay in space. And, and for me, um, you know, where my head's at, you know, that basically boils down to a few things. It's it's either, you know, advancements in in-space propulsion, um, so that once we're up there, we can do more, go further, um, you know, things like nuclear thermal propulsion. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in-space habitats. Um, you know, how do we how do we really live and enjoy our time up in space and more than enjoy, you know, be productive and yeah. safe and and um you know, stay healthy for long extended periods of time in space. And, you know, what's the right uh, habitat and architecture and infrastructure needed to do that and, and allow us to stay up there longer and go further. Um, and it's things like, uh, you know, in space, you know, manufacturing and in space, you know, resource utilization. Um, you know, you can, you can actually start to talk about wacky things like asteroid mining now in a way that, you know, it, it's still, it's, it's going to be hard, you know, and yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it should probably raise some eyebrows, but a decade ago, that just would have been so fantastically comical that right. you should be laughed out of the room. Right. Right. And so, um, it's pretty exciting that now these next wild wacky challenges are opening up. Um, and, uh, you know, again, I view each of those three things, the in-space propulsion, the in-space, you know, manufacturing, you know, and utilization and, and in-space habitats as kind of those next three, barriers that that each play a, a major role in in what we can really do to stay in space like permanently stay in space and, and move further out there um 
so I've, I've actually been talking, um, with groups involved in all of those. Um, and, um, I'm, you know, really grateful and honored to say that, you know, uh, at the end of the day, I, I actually had, um, you know, an offer in, in, in each of those companies or, you know, each of those areas. Um, cool. and it's wonderful. Um, but just like we talked about back earlier, to Paul, back to choice, it's, it's funny. I, it will never be lost on me that that's a good problem to have, but, uh, even, even, you know, for me a decade into the, uh, you know, my career, like that's, that's a pretty overwhelming, uh, you know, stressful, um, set of choices to try and work through um but, but no matter what fun. you're making sci-fi real that's what you're doing you're making that's sci-fi what i want real. to try to do uh and and um and who knows i mean each of these are are hard technological problems um just statistically speaking they're more likely to fail than not um and uh that's kind of just the way i like it um so i'm looking forward to diving into to you know one of these in the next couple of weeks and um, just trying to find, you know, some small way to, uh, to try and help move the ball forward. Mm-hmm. Congratulations, man. Very cool. Very exciting. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Super awesome. Scott, taking a step back from all the stuff that you said, um, it seems like you have a really mature perspective on what you want to do and the impact you want to have on the world. Like knowing that you want to drive competition in that industry. That's a really mature thing to say. So do you, did you learn any of that? Um, or did you do you think you developed in that mindset like at USC or have you just always thought of that way or like what what were the biggest qualitative lessons I think you learned at USC? Oh, that's a good question and probably hard to boil down to a soundbite. Um, but I, you know, I think you are onto something there. Um, no doubt about it. Uh, a lot of my um, you know, experience and and kind of thought process, you know, if if not finalized at USC, certainly was, you know, influenced at the very least, um, you know, in high school, it, as a kid, I just knew I wanted to float around in space. Doesn't that sound cool and fun, right? So it's only your set of experiences as you go through life and have conversations and study things that, you know, gradually that conversation is honed and refined and, and you gradually start to find uh, more refined questions to ask yourself and to ask others. Um, and, and you just kind of follow on that journey to, to kind of hone in on, 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 um, you know, what it is you're seeking for yourself. Um, and you also have to be comfortable with knowing that that answer probably will change throughout your life and throughout your career. Um, but as I approached USC, you know, I hadn't planned on being an engineer, um, and then I saw a pamphlet <laughs> and something as trivial as that, uh, you know, the, the, the important thing is as I read through it, I just recognized in myself that I was getting really excited reading through this thing, you know? Um, and sometimes that's enough. Uh, it, it kind of stimulated a, a curiosity that I had to go learn a bit more about this field, um, of engineering that I just had never really thought about. And so that was probably the first, you know, big influencing moment. I, I kind of recognized that in myself and wanted to try and, you know, maintain or preserve that, that willingness to, um, to be surprised. Um, and, you know, so then when I got into, you know, started at USC and, and started working through classes and started making friends in these classes and having conversations with them about what, you know, what influenced them or, or motivated them to go join this major or, or you know, join this club. 
you start to hear different perspectives. And that's something that's really fun about college at USC or, or elsewhere is, you know, I think to a much more profound level than any time prior in your life, all of a sudden you're, you're just surrounded by so many different perspectives and, and that's such a healthy, good thing. Um, so many different perspectives about what, why, why someone's doing something, you know, what they're pursuing and why, uh, and that helps challenge your own, you know, worldview and your own, uh, decision-making. Um, and, you know, through those natural, uh, you know, navigations through, through school and classes, you know, then I, uh, you know, learned about SpaceX and, you know, what they were trying to take on and, you know, would really embraced that notion of, of, you know, trying to take this on ourselves and, and find, you know, newer ways to, to go, to go do this. And, um, so, you know, that kind of started as a singular kind of like, you know, design point almost of, of, okay, us, uh, SpaceX is doing this. And so I want to be a part of that. Hmm. And that's the natural place for the human mind to start. Then you start to kind of back up from there and say, well, well, why is that? Why am I so drawn to that? And what are they doing and how are they helping? And why does that matter? And what, what does that mean for other ways that we can go help, you know, in this, in this bigger problem? What, what is it about SpaceX that, that attracted me? Um, well, that's great. You have to start with one, you know, you have to light that match and have a, a you know, commercial launch vehicle provider, but in order to turn that into a, you know, sustained fire, you know, pardon the, the terrible analogies here, but to take that spark and turn it into a sustained fire, um, you know, you need more, you need two, three, four, five launch vehicle companies, um, and that would set us up in, you know, uh, a way where, um, you know, competition can drive innovation and can drive lower cost access to space. And, and so, you know, I started going through that thought process and then, you know, kind of to your original point in question too, is, you know, when you start to think about that, well, now that worldview has expanded and you say, okay, but why, um, why does it matter that there are two, three or four, like, why does it matter that there's competition so that you have innovation in space flight? What matters about space flight? Well, at the end of the day, we're all trying to make things better for, for ourselves, you know, life on earth and, and, you know, what can we do in space that improves life on earth and, you know, improves our, our, you know, you know, our own species. And, and so you start to challenge yourself to ask those bigger questions of, well, okay, that's why we need launch. Well, now that launch is taken care of. What are the other things that are needed for, you know, I just claimed that I care about life on earth <laughs> you know, and I care about, you know, what we can go do and expand out in space. So what does that actually mean? And, you know, am I, you know, willing to put my money where my mouth is and actually go take some bigger risks on what I go work on. Um, and, uh, you know, so again, long rambling answer to, to say you're, you, you're, you're just kind of, trust in in that you're shaped and guided you know just in the natural conversations that you have but you know ask probing questions you know to everyone around you you can learn from everyone around you they don't have to be your superior um that may be your professor it may be your classmate it may be your you know your friend who's two years below you uh in school but you know they took a different class and had a different perspective on something you know just keep asking those questions very cool. And I know Maya, you might need to head out. So we might see Maya dip out in a minute here. So, but we can keep talking, Scott. Um, the, uh, I'm, I'm curious when you look back on USC, what, what do you remember? What, what are some fond memories? What, what, what was some fun times? What are some of your best experiences? Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, 
uh, endless uh, to, to count, but um, <clears throat> yeah, uh, it's hard, hard to pick one, but anything that pops yeah. into uh, definitely, you know, first, first football game uh, mm. for sure. Um, you know, there were a lot of, uh, you know, great universities and, and schools that I, I looked at and considered going to, but, you know, I wanted one that also had, you know, fun outside of the classroom and, and, you know, strong tradition outside of the classroom and, uh, going to the first, uh, USC game was just a ton of fun, you know, first game of the Coliseum. Um, similar to that, you know, I remember taking first road trip to San Francisco, uh, with oh, friends. Yeah freshman year uh for the weekender you know the away game uh yeah. in and uh you know just starting to you know get to see more of the california coast you know more of what the state of california has to offer i'd never really visited uh you know growing up uh in nebraska and um you know so so it's just a ton of fun starting to see the you know cultural sites and most importantly the food in la yeah um What's and a place that, that you definitely want to hit up when you're when you're ever near campus? Oh, near campus? That's actually tough for me to answer nowadays. I I don't think I'm aware enough of of what you have around there. Well, what do you remember? Like, is there a place that was like your go to? Oh well, I mean, there was Chano's. Of so course. there's Ch- Yeah, exactly. It's not called <laughs> Chano's anymore. That's what's so disappointing to me. I heard that it closed. Is it actually still? No, it's a, it's just a different name. It's the same exact thing. Uh, okay. I forget what it's actually called now, but yeah, Chano's is my go-to as well. Okay. Well, good, 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 good. I, I'm sure as long you as like try to class up the place too much or anything. No, no, no. It's the exact same thing. I just think there's a new owner and they changed the name, but it's the exact okay. same place. It's just a tiny Well, that is shack. actually a big relief for me. Yeah, it's still there. It's okay. still there. Yeah. Yeah, it's still there. Other big um, experiences. You know, I remember, I actually... Um, so a few things, um, a lot of these, you know, right around kind of the early start of the first semester. Um, I remember, um, the first or second lecture in my astronautics class, um, and just feeling completely out of my league. Um, just, you know, they were doing like a simple math refresher, um, you know, before getting into the real content. And I remember, uh, <laughs> I remember them going through, you know, vector math, um, and, uh, uh, <laughs> furiously taking down notes and feeling very quickly, very lost. And I, I vividly remember turning my head around left and right to my other classmates. So, you know, you, you don't really know anyone yet. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like the first, first lecture, I think. And I just remember vividly turning around being like, surely everyone else is going to look, you know, frustrated. Yeah, as frustrated as you are. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone was just like, yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. You know, just kind yeah. of jotting it down, like not faced at all. I was like, well, <laughs> shit, I, I've got, uh, I've got some uh, issues here. And so, you know, that was that first early moment of, of insecurity of worrying, like, am I not cut out for this? You know, and everyone will go through that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I found, you know, after class, I took a deep breath, found some resolve, and then, you know, went and told the professor just, hey, here's the deal. Like, I'm very interested, you know, I'm in this, but I I don't know any of that. Um, like, what do I need to go find and learn? Like, you know, help me through this. And he was very gracious and, you know, found me the right textbook. And, and you know, we kind of did an office hours and he, you know, helped me get caught up a little bit, but, you know, pointed me to a textbook and I, I worked through it. And I just remember, you know, working my butt off yeah. uh, freshman year, uh, starting from this 
point, you know, feeling like, wow, I'm, I, I don't really, you know, belong in this, uh, you know, curriculum. And then, um, you know, I do vividly remember uh, fast forwarding to the final of that same class at the end of the first semester after a lot of challenge and feeling like I'm not, you know, uh, you know, cut out for it, you know, compared to my peers and got the exam back and actually got the top grade in the class. And it was just such a proud moment for me where, you know, it was just a freshman level class, you know, plenty of challenges ahead, but you always build off of the the challenges and successes, you know, in your life and you build on to those, you know, for tougher, tougher challenges to come. And it's just such a good lesson for me that, that, you know, really stuck with me to say, you know, you don't have to have, all of the credentials, you know, um, you have to have the, the resolve yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, be willing to work hard and, and, and you can get through it. And, and, you know, that had a profound impact on me. And that's, that's something that USC teaches in its own way, um, you know, or, or any good challenging, you know, engineering course, um, you know, degree. Um, so yeah, you know, really enjoyed, uh, you know, working through that. And then similarly, you know, really in, vividly remember the first time you know being introduced to members of the USC rocket lab you know who yeah. had just started this lab the the year or two prior and saying well <laughs> that's wacky let's go do it you know yeah. <laughs> and diving into it and, and that was a ton of fun um others uh you know USC provided a great opportunity for for me to do you know some really cool travel you know i had always wanted to to travel and as you know i i did a summer abroad in madrid um yeah. we were there uh and that was a ton of fun that was actually i don't know if you know that was my first time outside of the u.s was it really and so wow you know i always wanted to go travel the world uh and uh summer after sophomore year of undergrad i finally got to to go um had a great time like there. you and craig western uh-huh who else was on that trip jordan hornness if you remember yeah. him Mm-hmm. I, I distinctly remember your guys's group because I joined, you invited me. You're very kind. You didn't need to, uh, to come to an eating adventure with you guys <laughs> where we went and ate at least 10 different animals in one meal. Do you remember this? <laughs> yeah. Uh, sounds about right. Like, and it was like way outside of town. You're like, yeah, we're going to get on this train. We're going to go out here. We're going to stay. And like, we're walking <laughs> on this alley and I think it's like either Craig or you were like, yeah, no, it's down here. I'm like it's Craig just, and I really um yeah uh yeah Craig and I really feed off each no no pun intended Craig <laughs> and I really feed off each other on um I think uh adventure eating <laughs> it was it well it was a delicious meal like I'm still very thankful to you guys I distinctly remember like that is my main memory from that trip is that meal with oh you that's guys. awesome yeah uh, that it, was, it, was, it was a lot of fun and I remember distinctly because of that particular day um it's now why whenever i see oxtail on a menu it's why i order oxtail because that's oh, a, one of the first times i had it and i was like this is amazing so all right hey i'm glad i uh glad i could help there yeah good times <laughs> well there's no better place to end on that but i do have one final thing for you we usually like to do this every once in a while is uh do a lightning round questions you down for Uh-oh. some lightning round questions okay so just really fast off the top of your head Silly okay. questions. The first thing I'm going to ask you is pick a number between one to 13 to select. I have 13 decks of questions here. So you're going to pick one. Seven. Seven. Okay. Here we, oh, good. This is the one I want to give you. Okay, good. <laughs> here we go. Uh, giving presents or getting presents? Giving. If you had a child, what would you want them to be the most? Oh, what, would you want them to be the most popular person in their high school? No. 
Make a high pitched sound. <laughs> from from one to ten, how hot do you like your shower water? Ten being hottest. Uh three. Uh favorite type of muffin? Cranberry. Orange Ooh. cranberry. Blood Ooh. orange cranberry. That's Ooh. it. Very specific. Mm-hmm. Uh do you like the smell of gasoline? I actually do. I would hope so. Probably why it should be in guy. propulsion. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Can you touch your toes without bending your knees? I can, actually. Mm-hmm. All right. Good job. Do you like the name Charlie for a girl? I do. Do you know the definition of triskaidekaphobia? I sure shit do not. <laughs> Sorry for the language. It is. I'll fill you in here. It's the, the fear of the number 13. Ah, okay. Well, now I wish I'd picked the number 13 and I couldn't answer that. <laughs> Have you ever tasted soap? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. If you, <laughs> that was a good story. If you were given yeah. an all expenses paid trip to Cleveland, would you take it? Sure. Why not? Yeah. Why not? Do you currently own any stuffed animals? Uh, well, does it count that my dog does? If so, <laughs> yeah, more than I ever want to see again. <laughs> and, uh, what's the, um, maximum number of spritzes of perfume before it's too much? Oh, one or two <laughs> all right on that note hey scott it was so good to connect with you it's so good to see you again I'm, I'm really really happy for all of your success and i'm really really excited to hear about all the changes that you're you're going through right now and taking these risks and putting your money where your mouth is and ultimately that idea of overcoming challenges and what's interesting about you is that uh, you're not just overcoming challenges it seems as though you seek them out. Uh, it's like, you know what? This got easy. Uh, I want to do something that I don't know the answer to. And that seems to be the ongoing thread of your life, whether that's Kilimanjaro, whether that's dating somebody in Australia to find out who your wife is, or whether it's moving on to your professional world. It's the idea of challenge and overcoming challenges. And that's just really, really inspiring. I hope everybody got as much out of this as I did. Well, thank you so much for that. I I do appreciate that. And, and, um, yeah, the kind words and, and you're right. I, uh, I uh, definitely, you know, I'm interested in a role if it terrifies me. Um, so you know, every every next role that I try to take on, it, it should be one that that has me scared silly. You're better <laughs> so. than me, man, because I just want it easy. That's just me. <laughs> that's where we do. That's not true. You came out and ate <laughs> oxtail with us outside of town. <laughs> All right, man. Hey, good. It's so good to see you. You too. Take care, man. Have a good one. We'll see you. You too. Bye. 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 Right. Welcome back, everybody. I don't know if you're like me, but I just learned a lot. I feel like I got a crash course into astronautical aerospace engineering. It's pretty cool. I've never a lot actually, of detail, right? I've never heard anything about it before, to be completely honest. Like I hear it in the engineering school, people study it, but it was cool to see what the outcome of that degree would be. Right. Especially the differences between I, I think that I, I, we mentioned this in the episode, but we have a lot of students that say like, I want to, I want to work at SpaceX. And I think we had a really good detailed conversation of what it means to work at a company like SpaceX. And also the differences in approach of the different teams that happen inside of SpaceX, but also across different types of industries, whether that's Virgin Galactic or Blue Origin or Virgin Orbit or the types of work that he's going to be doing now. Um, it, lots and lots of detail and lots of really cool problems to be solved. Uh, and it's definitely someone, uh, it takes someone who wants to be challenged to go into that that type of industry because you're going into a lot of unknowns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the things as well that I like Scott said 
And I feel like this has been a theme in the alumni episodes, but it was to just like choose your major, but your and your major isn't the end all be all for what you're going yeah. to do in the future. Like yeah. if there's an industry that you're interested in, like I could work at SpaceX as an industrial engineer and still have an impact on the field of space mm-hmm. exploration. So I liked mm-hmm. how Scott framed it with you just get started and then you know which questions to ask and then you can hone in on what you really enjoy doing and like how you want to apply what you're learning. Totally. Totally. It's it's very, very cool. And so I, I hope that anyone that's interested in space knows that there are so many different opportunities out there and it continues to expand and grow. Um, as all as you mentioned, where more and more companies are doing more and more things these days. Uh, and that is a fascinating, fascinating field. Um, constantly problem solving, uh, constantly failing, which is I think they think the undercurrent of this episode as well. And that failing is um, not necessarily a bad thing. It's just trying something and figuring out how to do it a little bit better the next time. Um, and that's, that's a, it's a really cool sentiment, especially for engineers. Um, but, uh, some things we should talk about when it comes to, uh, the, the admission process. And for those of you that are applying for fall 2023, uh, it is the second week in September today, uh, this week, right? So we've got a little over six weeks left for you to be able to complete your application for first year admission. If you're a high school student applying for first year admission, the early action deadline is November 1st. And so it's important to understand that that is coming up and that is a Tuesday. Tuesday, November 1st is the early action deadline. If you want to be considered for merit-based scholarships at the Viterbi School of Engineering at USC, then you want to make sure you get your application in by November 1st. That's an important deadline that you can't miss. Um, The regular deadline is in January, but there's no reason to do that. Make sure sure you get your application in by November 1st. Um, If you I'm sorry if you can hear my dog barking, but she just suddenly discovered that there's something to be afraid of outside and going nuts. Um, And we have a lot of events happening. Uh, The the events are coming up all over the weekend. Uh, This weekend, we're putting this on Sunday, we were in uh, the Northern California area. We're in Oakland yesterday and Santa Clara today. And then we continue to travel. Um, I'm actually flying out next week. Uh, I'll be flying out to London. We're going to be holding a program in London, England next week that I'll be at. Uh, That is exciting. Bring me with Paul. Bring me with. Yeah, like, yeah, right. Yeah, my, yeah, my, my whole family is like, why aren't I going? I'm like, um, sorry, can't, can't take it. Um, but London will be in Phoenix, we'll be in Hawaii, we'll be in, I mean, we say we, I'm not there, but Stacy will be in Phoenix and Becky will be in Hawaii and then Stacy will be in Denver. Uh, Angie will be in a number of different cities as well. Uh, we're all over the place. Check out viterbiadmission.usc.edu slash events, viterbiadmission.usc.edu slash events for all of our regional events where you can come check out and learn more about the university, the admission process, and more about the engineering school. And then we have also all the stuff on campus that's happening as well. Uh, in addition to in-person events, most Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, we have virtual events on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays, and specific transfer events scattered throughout the week as well. So check it out. We look forward to seeing you at any one of those events. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about, Maya? Is there anything else that we needed to discuss? Um, not much that I can think of. Yeah. If you're a prospective student listening to this and you're interested in, I don't know, learning more about what a typical student's life would be, like I highly recommend checking out the Instagram, the TikTok. Um, Instagram is at Viterbi Student. I believe the TikTok is also at Viterbi Student. So yeah, I've been posting some TikToks, posting some Instagram things. Cool. That'd awesome. Be, yeah. All right, everybody. Well, thanks for listening, and we will uh, be right back here in the same feed next week. Thanks, y'all. Bye-bye.